Good morning. Welcome back, everybody. We are back and better than ever on Saturday, March 20th. The madness is here. We are one day into the 2021 NCAA men's basketball tournament. But first orders first, let's welcome back Jake. Jake, congratulations. We missed you last week, but I know you were making a big life move, buying your first house with your lovely, lovely partner. How'd that, how'd that go? And and tell us a little bit about what, what the process was like for you. It's... Uh... Luckily, we have uh, our apartment is uh, we're, we're not have to get out of there until the end of April. So I've been slowly moving stuff in. Uh, last Saturday was really the big move when everybody was available to help move beds and couches and all the heavy stuff. So we'll uh, work for pizza. We'll work uh, for beer. I, I all I had to do was buy a couple of cases of beer. And that, that was that was all it took. So uh, I'm in here now. Uh, happy to finally have it all be done. And ready to move forward the new studio behind you looks great and you picked a good time to come back because the madness arrived full force yesterday we'll just recap real quick before we get into our bets we had a 15 seed in oral roberts take down a two seed ohio state 75 72 11 seed syracuse beat six seed san diego state handily 78 62 North Texas, the 13-seeded Mean Green, beat Purdue in what was basically a home game for Purdue, but they mm-hmm. went out and beat them 78-69. And then the Magic keeps hoeing for Beavertown. 12-seed Oregon State beat 5th-seed Tennessee in a shellacking 70-56. to JT, just real quick, any of those stick out to you more than the others? Um, the Purdue one shocked me. That uh, That is mm-hmm. a team that I really – I had them going to the Elite Eight. Uh, I believed in them. Um Ow. They just did not show up. Um, I I thought they didn't try uh, hard enough to get it down to Travion Williams. Uh, I think North Texas did a great job of defending when he did get the ball, but I still think that's your bread and butter. He's been your go-to guy all season long. I was very surprised they didn't try to get him more touches, especially late in the game when it was close. Yeah, great analysis there, and I think you hit the nail on the head. As we sit here, I have the replay uh, going on in the background. You're absolutely right. I don't know why Purdue turned into a perimeter team uh, when mm-hmm. they did not have to, but they did, and they lost, and that's part of March Madness. You can't make <laughs> mistakes. You have to be consistent, and the consistent teams with the that do what they do best every night in, every night out, they're the ones that advance. So a little bit of a bracket buster there, but we're going to jump right into it. The three, two, one coming off a four and two weekend. You left me alone on championship week and I (laughs) did not let you down. Went four and two, picked some good games. A lot of the picks I had were plus money on the line. So hopefully we walked around with some great wins there if you took the advice. So we're going to go into the three, two, one for the opening Saturday of the March Madness tournament. Uh, we're going to go start with three good bets. I'm going to go Eastern Washington plus 10 and a half, Maryland plus three. And St. Bonaventure, the Bonnies, plus two. Those are my three good bets. Uh, my two locks for this weekend are going to be Ohio plus seven, Missouri plus one. And my one upset pick, got to have one in there. I'm going to take VCU plus five and a half versus Oregon. And that's going to be my upset pick. We'll get into ex- explaining all of those a little bit later. But Jake, hit us with your bets right off the top. All right. Uh, I got five bets that uh, I'm really happy about. Uh, actually, three of these I have carrying over from parlays yesterday to, to win some money. So ho- hopefully they can pull it out to uh, 
uh, to get those big wins. Our multi-day got... parlay is not the most nerve-wracking things ever. Oh yeah, uh, going to sleep trying to figure out. I probably I think I had seven parlays in yesterday that t- spanned over the two days. So the and question have... is, how many of your parlays did Ohio State mess up? So I actually did not. I stayed away from that game and. <gasps> They, they were well, – I actually jumped on them. Uh, I'm so mad at myself because I'm watching that game and Oral Roberts is playing well, but then the line got down uh, live to Ohio State minus four. And I was like, this is one of those games where Ohio State sweats it out this entire time and then finds a way to pull out a lead and then hit some free throws at the end and end up covering. So I'm like, I like that four number. So I jumped on it live and then lost. But, oh, no. Oh, well, but we move on. Um, But my five best bets of the day are Colorado minus five. I'm with you there on Eastern Washington plus ten and a half. I've got UC Santa Barbara plus seven against Creighton. Grand Canyon first half plus eight against Iowa. And then Texas minus nine and a half. And then my uh, uh, four-game money line parlay is UConn, Colorado, Texas and USC. You get that at plus 287 value. Like that. And we're here on Brood Bets where the coffee's strong and the bets are stronger. Jake, great setup. I'm actually with you on that parlay. When we sent that pre-show, I uh, I went ahead and put that bet in. I like all mm-hmm. of that. I think of all the games being played today, which should be 16, if I'm not mistaken, four, yes. four windows of four games. Um, I think those are the four most certain money line picks. Um, so I like you there. So we'll swing back around to the three, two, one. And this is the time where we give you a little bit of insight, a little bit of stats into the picks we made and why we think they'll work. We'll start off the top with Eastern Washington plus 10 and a half JT. I know we're on the same page here. David McCormick, not traveling with the team out with COVID. Uh, Tristan and Arana out COVID another unnamed player out COVID, but I'm gonna hit you with another stat that I read yesterday in a sports illustrated. Well, I, I read it this morning from a Sports Illustrated interview yesterday. Bill Self said that because of some of the players that are out due to COVID, Tyron Grant Foster is going to be getting more minutes. I think that that could be a problem because Tyron Grant Foster has played a total of 19 minutes since the start of February. So if he's the one getting the bulk of the minutes to replace some of those players, um, it's a big stage. And I don't think Eastern Washington is as a slouch as some of the people, some of the experts are making them out to be. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, a lot of these, um, a lot of these analysis that these play, these these experts give are pre-recorded. So, like when Joe Lenardi says Eastern Washington is going to have have issues at that time, David McCormick was the only one we knew that was out. We yep. didn't know about Travis and our in Aruna or the uh, the other unnamed player that they I, won't disclose. The, I think I'm pretty sure the the other guy is Jalen Wilson. I think it is too, um, but I just, I didn't want to go out and I couldn't find any article that validated that. So I didn't want to throw his name out, but yeah, I think Kansas still is the better team, even though they're not as deep as we would like them to be. Mm -hmm. And I think the 10 and a half is just too much to expect them to win by. I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think that I, I also, it didn't end up on my best bet list, but I also have the under 146 in this game, because I just think this is going to be an ugly grinded out game. You got Tanner Groves on the inside who, if David McCormick isn't playing or isn't playing effectively, then, I mean, 
he's going to manhandle whoever's guarding him down low. He's 27th in the country in defensive rebounding percentage. So I, I think that this is a decent Eastern Washington team and they can definitely keep this in single digits. Absolutely. So we'll move on to the first of the three good bets or the second of the three good bets, Maryland plus three. Now this is a flyer for me. I know a lot of people are on UConn uh, book night. His story is phenomenal. What he's done. He sat out the conference tournament to rest up. They're, nursing some injury there he should be 100 ready to go maryland's an awful offensive rebounding team i believe they rank 333rd in offensive <laughs> rebounding but i also think the reason they rank so low in offensive rebounding is because when they have their good games they're not missing very much their effective field goal percentage is very good mm -hmm. and 73 is going to be the magic number here all right 73 maryland is 0 and 7 when allowing 73 or more points on the year but when they allow 72 or less, they're 16 and six. Hmm. I think Aaron Wiggins steps up. I think that defense presents a, a, a wall that I don't think UConn necessarily has had to go up against this year. And if the Maryland team that can show up does show up, I think it's a problem for UConn and I can't stay away from getting points on top of that theory. So that's mm -hmm. where I went Maryland plus three there. And then my second one, my last one on the, on the three good bets, the Bonnies um, that hurts me. St. Bonaventure taking on uh, LSU in that eight, nine matchup. I've been so high on LSU. Um, I picked them to win the uh, SEC tournament and they, they helped me out there. And I like LSU. I just feel that St. Bonaventure is too well-balanced on both ends of the court. There is not an area of their game that they don't do. They don't perform well to me. Mm -hmm. um, they can crash the glass. They can press up if they need to. If the pace goes fast, they can, they can do that. If the pace slows down, they can post up on the block and kick out for threes. There's just not a hole in their game that makes me think LSU is going to blow the doors off. And when mm -hmm. they start getting that in that rhythm and they realize we're in this game, we're the better team. <laughs> I think LSU might be in trouble. I still think LSU can pull it off, but I like Bonnie's getting two there. Uh, I, the one thing that worries me is looking into just St. Bonaventure as a whole. If Kyle Lofton somehow gets into foul trouble early, mm -hmm. they don't have another point guard. And then yeah. I think LSU's uh, length and athleticism might frustrate someone if they have to come into a game. It, how often actually leads the country in minutes played. So he, uh, that could be a problem if they have to go to another point guard, but he's done a good job, a job year all year long at staying in games, uh, not committing those fouls. So I, I think it's going to be a fun one. Um, I'm on the other side. Uh, I think mm -hmm. LSU just has a bunch of dudes that, that they're going to pull it out in the end, but I, I think we're in for a good one there. Yeah, absolutely. And just one bold prediction I'm going to make in that game. I think that you're right about the the minutes played with with that particular player in foul trouble. I would expect you to see a high number of charge, not uh, not a high number, but an unusual number of charges called against mm -hmm. LSU today. I think the guards are going to try to expose and attack him. I think he's going to do a good job of riding the hip just long enough to get them into the paint, bounce off and let some charges be taken. Um, mm -hmm. So don't be surprised if there's an unusual amount of call charge calls on LSU for attacking the rim. Um, but then we'll switch over to the two locks. I'm going to start with the one that doesn't hurt me first. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Missouri plus one. You mentioned in one of our earlier shows, press break, 
which you can be found every Thursday morning, anywhere you get your podcasts. We talked about Austin Reeves issues and it's an attitude issue. You can tell that there's a disconnect between him and his coach and him and his teammates. Mm -hmm. That was not enough to be their demise in the big 12 tournament. However, they also didn't have to play without Davion Harmon, who's now out due to COVID. And you got Missouri with Xavier Penson. We watched what they did in the SEC. This is a classic old school Big 12 matchup. Okay. Mm -hmm. Missouri, don't forget people. Missouri was in the Big 12. They just weren't very relevant. So Missouri is coming in and they're getting the points. Austin Reeves, I think, looks to do too much in this game. I think Oklahoma becomes very one-dimensional in this game. I don't think Brady Manick is as good down low against Missouri's bigs as he has been against some other teams. Mm-hmm. I don't think Missouri needs the points, but I'm not going to, I'm going to take them if Vegas is going to give them. <laughs> uh, so there's my, my lock on that Missouri game. What do you got there? Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. There really aren't staff to look at in this game. I mentioned it earlier this week. It is just an attitude problem there on the Oklahoma side that I think Missouri seems to be a more well put together team that they seem to be, uh, playing together, at least they, they struggled a little bit down the stretch, but I just believe in them more than I do Oklahoma. Okay. And then my second lock of the day. So we got Missouri plus one. We're going to the second lock on the three, two, one here on brood bets, Ohio plus seven. This hurts my heart because I'm a UVA fan. And that means I'm picking against UVA. I would pick against UVA, even if I thought UVA was the, the, completely better team because UVA plays close games. Okay. Mm -hmm. Especially this year, they're averaging 65 points per game themselves and they're averaging allowing 62.9 points per game. That's less than three point differential. The game would be close. I know we're looking for some inside information. It's game day. Who are, who is the COVID player? Who is it? (laughs) Right. Um, I've got my theory. I've done my research. The first thing that initially broke was that it was, someone who definitely played in the Syracuse game that takes us down to five to eight players. Okay. Then it came out that the player that played didn't play a lot of minutes. Okay. So that leaves us with Justin McCormick or Justin McCoy, Thomas Walden, Tensai and Casey more. Okay. Then we get the news that it's most likely Jay Huff or, or Justin McCoy. <laughs> like, all right, well, please dear God, don't be Jay Huff. Yeah. And then, Ohio, the Ohio coach sits down for his uh, media availability this week and says that he's been informed that it's a player that comes off of the bench. (laughs) So that leads us to believe it's Justin McCoy. Here's why that's a problem. Justin McCoy has been turning into in the, in the increased minute output that Tony Bennett has been giving him that hustle, do it all guy. He might play seven minutes and acquire four fouls, but in that seven minutes, he's going to have like three or four points sneakily. He's going to have three or four rebounds, but he's going to do the other things that don't show up in the stat line. He's Mm going to hustle for loose balls. He's going to chase down defenders and get a block. He's going to, he's going to go and take a charge or try to take a charge on a fast break that ends up in two free throws instead of a, you know, an easy layup. He's going to do those things that don't show up. And I think that we're going to need a player like that. And if it is Justin McCoy, that means he can't play this round and he can't play next round. And that doesn't bode well for my who's. Mm -hmm. I think that we can pull this game out 
but I think it's a two or three point game. And that's why I'm saying Ohio plus seven with their high probability of actually winning. They do a lot of things that tears the pack line defense apart. And this isn't an elite pack line defense like UVA's had in the past. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to get into the paint. They're going to be able to kick out and shoot their high percentage threes. The only thing that we can hope is that we don't come out cold. If they get out to a lead, similarly to how UMBC got out to a lead, Florida, Michigan State, Syracuse, and in, oh, in that game where <laughs> they started pressing um, and came back, UVA is not built to come from behind. Um, so I think you're locked in there with Ohio plus seven in that game. Um, I think UVA is the better team. I think UVA can win, but UVA is not going to blow out Ohio. And I think it's just a safe pick. Uh, I think you're right there. I, I like the pick. I still think Virginia is going to pull this one out, but I think that they have to, they have to kind of step back and realize that they don't need to shoot threes at the beginning of this game. I think they need to push the ball down low and try to dominate down low because they don't have, Ohio doesn't have guys that can match up with Jay Huff down low. He should be able to just back any of those guys down right. and get easy layups. And then that can, when double teams start to come, then you can start to see kickouts uh, for threes. I, I hope they're patient. Uh, that's the only right. thing that I'm hoping in that game. I would expect to see a lot of Jay Huff and Sam Hauser on the block. I don't think you're going to see a lot of Jay, uh, Sam Hauser three point attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put the over under at seven. And I would probably take the under. I think Jay Huff is, or Sam Hauser is going to get a lot of mid-range work and a lot of post-up shots. Yeah. Um, he's going to go to that Larry Bird fadeaway, turn shoulder or outside shoulder and just knock it down. Um, I expect to see him at the foul line a lot. Um, and I really hope that Reese Beekman rides the wave of the buzzer beater he hit against Syracuse and attacks the rim. Because when he does, good things happen. And if mm-hmm. we can have two guards attacking the rim, you're right. They don't have the size to really keep up. We get them in some foul trouble. It could be a good win. Um, but I just you're, – you're asking UVA to do something they haven't done all year long. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But those are the two locks on the 3-2-1, Ohio plus 7, Mizzou plus 1. And in the upset, VCU and Oregon. Pac-12 champ? No, they're not. We thought they would be, but it was Oregon State. Oregon's been slipping lately. They fell all the way back to a 10 seed. No love for the Pac-12. They had a great year. Um, And I'm not picking VCU to win this game. But Havoc is back in the Commonwealth of Virginia, up in in Richmond. And Mm -hmm. the Rams are going to come. And I don't know that Oregon has seen a speed and a motor like they're going to see against VCU. I think that VCU probably goes into halftime with the lead. Oregon probably adjusts. Oregon comes out and they find ways to get it done. But I think at the end of the day, it's a three-point game, Mm four-point game, maybe overtime. And so if you're going to go with an upset, but then this is, again, guys, based on seating, okay? So Oregon's the seven, VCU's the 10, if I'm not mistaken. So by by number, this would be an upset. I'm going to take the 10-seeded Rams getting the five and a half against Oregon. I like that though. I'm I'm big on Oregon making a run here in this bracket, but five and a half is just too many points. So VCU is a very good defensive team. This is going to be a grind out game, and unless Oregon's knocking down shots, which I mean they've been hit or miss on that, so they they could pull this one. Uh, like uh, they they could turn this into a ten point game, but I just don't see it happening. VCU is too good on the perimeter. Uh, and I think Oregon wins, but it's a three or point, uh, three or four point victory, like you said. 
I love that. So that's going to do it for the three, two, one, your three good bets from Brandon today, Eastern Washington plus 10 and a half Maryland plus three St. Bonaventure plus two, your two locks, Ohio plus seven taken on UVA, Missouri plus one taken on the Sooners from Oklahoma and your upset pick VCU plus five and a half. We are halfway through brood bets on the first Saturday of March madness, our first March madness together. And our motto is brood bets. Strong coffee, stronger bets. And you had five good ones that I can't wait to hear the stat packs coming along with us. So, JT, take it away with your five bets today. Uh, I'll start off with one that uh, I don't even know if there's even stats behind this. I have a few, but Colorado minus five. They were shocked in that Pac-12 championship game by Oregon State. We now see that Oregon State is for real. They beat Tennessee yesterday. Uh, I think that Colorado, because of that loss, they already lost their 12-5 game. Uh, that was essentially a 12-5 game uh, last week. So they get Georgetown. Georgetown was playing in a weaker Big East. The, their run to the championship game was a an injured Villanova team, Seton Hall, who it has been underwhelming this year, and then Creighton, who absolutely laid an egg and scored, I think, under 50 points. So the one thing uh, Georgetown does not do is create turnovers. And Colorado, in six of their eight losses, have had double-digit turnovers. I don't see that happening in this one. Uh, Georgetown has a top-40 defense, but I think their uh, guards their guards are going to – Colorado's guards are going to hit shots. And – that's going to draw the Georgetown defense out. And then McKinley Wright can drive to the rim and they're number two in the country in free throw percentage. Mm -hmm. So I think that is going to be the real difference that pulls them away in the end. Absolutely. I like that pick, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of heat riding on, I don't want to say heat, but the Georgetown story, right? They're one of the mm -hmm. Cinderella's of this tournament. So I like that bet. I think that you're absolutely right, but let's play a little devil's advocate. What does Georgetown have to do well? to win this game can they win this game first of all and what do they have to do well to be in it i think they can um they can win the game they have to dominate down low they're not going to beat anybody in a shootout they have to slow down the game uh limit possessions and be very efficient around the rim which is something that they did in that big east tournament so it's possible i just don't know if they are going to do it in this game Okay, fair enough. Let's move on, JT. What do you got next for us? Um, I, I won't say too much more about Eastern Washington. I, I'm with you there on the plus 10 and a half. We kind of dove into that. Um, the one thing that I didn't note earlier, Eastern Washington hung with Oregon earlier on in the year until Oregon just kind of – their offense heated up and they pulled away late. Oregon has the 16th-ranked offense in the country. Kansas, they were ranked 56th, and that was with uh, – all their guys. So we, we don't know who's going to be playing, who's not. Right. So this is not the offensive team that can run away from Eastern Washington. So that's another reason why I like that pick, but I, I'll keep moving on the UC Santa Barbara plus seven. This is another five twelve matchup. Uh, we already got one upset yesterday. Winthrop did not pull it off against Villanova. Mm. I still think we're going to see a second one and I didn't pick it there in the Colorado game. So we're going to get it here. UC Santa Barbara is top 20 in points allowed uh, this season. And their key 
is throwing it down to Amadou Sue, I think is how you say his name. He shoots 60% inside, and that sh- sets up their shooters. And it, we saw it yesterday with Max Abness, Javion Hamlet, guards that take over the tournament, the, the feel-good stories. It's usually point guards that just light up the scoreboard. And I think we're going to see Jagori McLaughlin, the transfer from Oregon State, He's going to make a name for himself this year. He's averaging 16, five and three. And then Mike Nor or Miles Norris. I think he, he's going to be the complimentary piece here. He's six ten, but he can spread the floor and shoot some threes. I don't think Creighton has anybody that can match up with him. So those are two matchup problems that I see uh, in this upset. All right. And I'm with you on the Santa US, UC Santa Barbara. I think that they're, I don't know if it's so much I believe in them as much as I don't believe in Creighton. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like all year long, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know their whole schedule, but I feel like every time I saw Creighton in a big game, Creighton imploded. Yeah. I mean, just to get the Big East championship game. I mean, we talked about it on Brood, on a press break about how it wasn't so much that Georgetown shot lights out as much as it was that Creighton didn't even have any bulbs to put in the light. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's that's been kind of a problem for them. And it's mm-hmm. nothing – Georgetown's not an elite, superior defensive team. They just – Creighton has these nights where they go stone cold, and it always seems to be on a big stage. And this is huge for Creighton. I don't know the stat, but I know they haven't been back um, to a certain level in the tournament in a very long time. It's obviously not the first round. They're kind of a namesake in that in that first round. But this is – I'm with you. I just don't trust Creighton to beat anybody. by. I don't know if Creighton could beat themselves in a scrimmage by seven. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm with you on there. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. Um, they've just been so – I don't know how to put my finger on it, but it, like it's a team that they, they live and die by shooting the three or shooting jump shots, and that's just not – when you were such a shaky team, you're not consistent at it. That's always going to be a problem come tournament time. Yes, sir. All right. What do you got next for us, bud? Uh, uh, my next one is Grand uh, Grand Canyon first half plus eight. This one was interesting. When I saw that, I was like, huh. I can't, I, I can't wait to hear this one. Take it away. So, uh, so the big upsets that happened yesterday, Ohio State, Tennessee, those teams fell into my category of teams that are – 50th or worse in either adjusted offense or adjusted defense. Um, uh, I gave that stat earlier on this week that 77% of the one through five seeds that get upset, they, uh, they, they meet that criteria mm-hmm. uh, of being worse at uh, either offense or defense. Uh, they're a one-sided team. Iowa is the same way. They don't play defense. And I think Grand Canyon has enough inside with um, – What's his name? Uh, Ashburn Mickard. He's a seven-footer that is big, strong, can handle Luca Garza down low. They've got another guy. He's 6'10", so they can kind of rotate in and out there. And my thing here is they they do a great job of getting to the rim. They shoot, I believe – where's my stat here? Um, They're 16th in the country in two-point percentage. So they get to the, they get inside, they shoot a good percentage. I think that they might get Luca Garza in some foul trouble here, trying to just pound the ball down low. And if he has to sit for an extended period of time in the first half, I think this is a closer game. I did not pick the full game spread because I think in the end, 
for 40 minutes, Grand Canyon is just not going to be able to keep up with Iowa. Mm-hmm. But I think for 20 minutes, I think they can play, they can make Iowa play their style and be good enough defensively to stay in that number. And that's a great point. And, and you have to understand this is winner go home situation. And even in a non winner go home situation, your, your key player gets two fouls early on in a game. He's coming out. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. He's just coming out. And I think that I can see a scenario where we're looking at 13, maybe 12 minutes left in the first half. Luca Garza's on the bench. And I don't think Grand Canyon pulls away from now. And so I think you're looking at a, at a situation where you could see 10 plus minutes of Luca Garza on the bench. And in that environment, I think Grand Canyon can absolutely keep up with Iowa. That's really where their trouble is, is on the inside. So if they can get him in any type of foul trouble in the first half, I mm-hmm. think that I would almost put that as a lock bet, JT. Yeah, I really like that one. And that's actually one of the bets that if I hit that, that is a uh, a winning parlay. So uh, I'm really hopeful for that. And the one other thing with Grand Canyon, offensively, they, they don't do a great job at scoring, but one of their biggest problems is turnovers. And that's just something that Iowa doesn't do. They don't create turnovers. So uh, I, I think that's another reason that Grand Canyon is going to be able to get to their spots, get their mm. shots, and, and score some points. And when we talk about teams that don't commit, that don't force turnovers, okay, obviously if a team doesn't commit the ball, the turnover, they're holding on to the ball a lot. They get, mm-hmm. they get, they're not wasting their possessions. On the flip side of that coin, when we have a team that doesn't force turnovers, it means that they're not gaining extra possessions. So it's typically a tit for tat game where each team's going to have 45, 46 possessions apiece. And it's just going to be more, they're going to have the same opportunities. Um, and that's mm-hmm. a very important thing to point out when a team doesn't force turnover. So I really like that pick. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to jump on that train as well. <laughs> uh, I like it, uh, but uh, I'll finish it up. My last one, Texas minus nine and a half. We, we saw it yesterday. The big 12 kind of uh, uh, pulled away as the, the best conference of the day there. They went four and L I think Kansas might go down earlier on in the day, but Texas, they came on, they won the big 12 tournament and these guys are just playing extremely well together. They have the fourth best continuity rate in the country. I mentioned that earlier this mm-hmm. week, They're just a bunch of guys that have played a lot of basketball together. Abilene Christian, they create chaos on defense. They're, they're number one in the country in turnover percentage, but I think the three guards of uh, Ramey, Coleman and uh, Jones. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be able to handle that pressure and then they're going to be able to get past the defense for easy layups, either themselves or dumping it off to Jericho Sims, which I don't think Abilene Christian does not have anybody to guard Jericho Sims. So I, I think this is one where they pull away and they handle this one easily. All right. Well, there you have it from the five brood bets from JT. We've got Colorado minus five, Eastern Washington plus 10 and a half. That is a unanimous decision on this show. So that should probably (laughs) tell you all something. University of California, Santa Barbara plus seven with a, and I highlighted this out because I want to come back. You, you highlighted McLaughlin and Miles Norris. 
for UC Santa Barbara. And you said, if they have good games, UC Santa Barbara wins. So I'm actually going to come back on that because I like giving credit where credit's due. Grand Canyon in the first half spread versus Iowa and Texas minus nine and a half against a feisty Abilene Christian team in a battle for two Texas teams. But we got Texas coming out big on top there. So that's going to do it for Brood Bets today. Next week, we will transition into our Facebook Lives where guests and um fans of the show can interact with us we're going to start featuring local coffee shops uh first one on deck is going to be pale horse coffee out of chesapeake virginia um they've hooked us up with some patriots blend one of their best sellers uh so we're going to try that on the show is that drinking that right now actually are you (laughs) yeah jt's already into it we couldn't stare (laughs) at this bag and not drink it we've had it we've been sitting on it for a couple weeks but we'll be back next weekend you know what jt let's give the people what they want you want to do another brood bets tomorrow Set up Sunday slate of action. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Not on Facebook Live. It'll be another episode. But Brood Bets will be back tomorrow. The madness is here. Enjoy it. Consume safely. Bet responsibly. And we'll see you next week.